0: up, everyone? Welcome to the 546th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, Steve. With me is Hannah.
1: I'm here. I'm still not Will. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 I miss <That>, Will, too.
2: <laughs> that is not a thing to apologize for.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I miss Will, I just, too.
2: I just saw Will this week, and I shared with him everybody's well wishes Well, I wouldn't visited his hermit hole, dug him out of his hibernation, lobbed people's comments at him and left. Mm. He's appreciative. Actually, if you can find him right now, you can ask him questions. He's decided to be online for approximately two seconds. (laughs) Greg also here. I am also here. I have also returned from lunch. Uh, Welcome to the new year. Welcome to 2023. I can't believe what a major change happened. Saturday night at midnight, the whole world is different. Oh, Who yeah. knew what the 2023 would look like? I am shocked.
0: Oh yeah, this will be the uh, first episode of 2023. Although we're recording this on the 30th before the, don't the holiday, don't give away the inside baseball. Oh, you know it's, it's now it's my like, whole thing. <laughs> now my whole thing comes across as fake.
2: It's like How all the you?
0: Pokemon Go events. I'm sure it was good. We're recording. I'm the sure day before. it was. <laughs> we
2: had the best time. Boy, did we! Ring in the new year. Oof. I drank the things.
0: We got three things to talk about today. Uh, we haven't given Pokemon Masters any love, uh, and gacha games usually do a big New Year's thing, so uh, we got that to talk about. Uh, there was a poll in Japan with the top 30 Pokemon from Scarlet and Violet. Uh, you won't believe who was number th- three. That, I, I do. <laughs> and then the Cinderace raids just happened, or started to. Uh, Last night, Thursday night, although um, they're going all weekend, uh, I guess we can start with the Cinderace raids, because uh, I spent seven hours straight doing Cinderace. Not that because I failed over and over, just because I was like...
2: (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about your life choices, (laughs) to do them for seven hours straight.
0: I Look, Greg, as somebody who sat, you know, before I was, uh, when I had a nine-to-five job, I would get home, and I would sit in Destiny, and I would do (laughs) King's Fall, like... Four hours, and uh, just to help people go through, or you know, the luck of the draw of we have this really bad person, and you know, we don't know if we should kick him out or not. But they eh,
1: k- and now you're doing them, it for your job. Kick,
0: yeah, no, always <laughs> I'm always do it. <laughs> always kick the person to the curb
2: if there's a problem person. Don't. Don't do them any favors. What
0: if they're really nice but bad?
2: No, that's no, the, that's the no. T- <laughs> kick. Kick. You know how I mean, many? You know how many times my better judgment has saved you from being kicked out of Final Fantasy raids? A lot. Been this is what I was going to say
1: last week. As we we're as we were preparing for the Cinderace raids, I mentioned last week that I was not a competitive player <laughs> growing up. I didn't have the time to learn that stuff, and I could very very easily be one of the people bringing the Azumarill to these raids if it wasn't for the people I know who are helping make things, make resources like Steve that make these easier and make thinking about competitive easier.
2: Well, tell you that by the time this came out, I have probably done a Cinderace raid. Have I done one yet? No, because I didn't get home (laughs) yesterday until 10.30 p.m. and the thought of turning on my Switch. And like, I was like, no, I just want to go to bed.
1: (laughs) I spent yesterday evening doing them I did spend yesterday evening doing them, and they are difficult. I won maybe one in five. I was doing them with random people though the entire oh, time. Yeah, yeah. Oh
0: boy!
2: <laughs> well, first day, first day random anything like first day random dungeons are always like nobody knows what's going on. And My... then,
1: well, <laughs>
2: and then and then like what about three, six like... star raids? Because <laughs> those are just as wild. <laughs> Look, we're not t- we not we don't have time to talk about six star raiders right now, but. It, by Saturday people will have learned right like first day is always bad I, and then usually by Saturday people have caught on to what they need to do
1: or, or they got their have...
2: one and stopped playing and it's only the hardcore people left
1: correct or they got advice from the wrong person
0: yeah, yeah there there it, it's, it, it's the it's the problem all over again right like mm-hmm. a couple of YouTubers made Azumarill really popular and uh you know this is why Azumarill was coming to every raid before and after Charizard because it was like, well, it worked here. My fear of people being this, this was my fear. My fear was, well, Azumarill worked for Charizard. I don't see why it wouldn't work for Cinderace. I'm lazy. I'm just going to use Azumarill. That, th- th- that was a reality. <laughs> the, uh, well, here, here's a couple, let me, let me say something good here. I think that these raids are a fantastic way to get people to return to the game. And I know that, like, things like Twitch or Twitter or whatever are not a good gauge of, um, what is that? Like a player base. Right. But when there is something exciting happening in, like, Pokemon Go or whatever other insert game here, When the when your viewer base just dramatically trickles up, like when you double your viewers, triple your viewers because of an event, that's a good sign that the event is building excitement or people want to do it right. Or people are interested, Uh, at least, you know, in in the the Twitch space, you know, on launch day, you have a lot of viewers and then you have the hardcore people that stick around and watch. And then you have the people that like they play the game for two weeks and now they moved on to another game. That's totally cool. Not everyone plays Pokemon for three years straight until the next Pokemon game comes out. <laughs> I had more people watching me play Cinderace than on launch day. And I, and I think probably part of that was because I made guides and then people were like, because a lot of people were, I had so many people for the first time being like, this is my first time in stream. Um, also twitch tells you that it'll say like first time chatter uh and they're like (laughs) they're like i I used your guides it worked or i I i've been listening to the podcast for years this is my first time watching your stream because i i wanted help with cinderace so that was fantastic and it was really nice to see like people being like holy cow i couldn't do this before i got here and the people in your community were really great and really helpful that that is the same you know if i if i go outside of my own twitch channel and i look at other people and and their numbers are really good and you know you look at the youtube video stuff and like cinderace help video has more views than like everything else it's like people it seems that the general consensus are these raids are exciting enough or challenging enough or the pokemon choice is good enough where people want to come back even if they haven't played in the last two weeks it at least says because it's hard to it is hard to pull actual data
2: right like it would be great if we actually got data from the pokemon company about an uptick we can guess that judging by an uptick of numbers that they saw an increase of players we don't know that for sure right like the difficulty about extrapolating out of a very limited data set where we're not accounting for confirmation bias and only looking at the positives to say for sure, like, this was a huge win for Pokemon, but we can we can safely say it looks like this brought a lot of people back.
1: My experience has been that with Sword and Shield, I, I am not sure I participated in a single raid event in Sword and Shield.
0: Oh, like the shiny ones? Oh.
1: Yep. In any of them. Not the shiny ones, not the legendary ones, just none. I didn't have time it was my end of college time beginning of post-college time just didn't bother with it and at this point they are in these games again i am starting to accept that this is how they are doing rare pokemon distributions at this point for the most part and so i am starting to get into them more and so as this keeps being a more important thing i think more people will keep showing up
0: i i, I guess I, I had the same experience with like i'm gonna use this destiny as an example uh, like Destiny, you could always tell. Uh, throughout like the seasons, again, you know, a lot of these companies don't share numbers or anything. They're not. <laughs> I don't think I don't think there's a lot of reason to, right? Like it's not like no. Bungie's being like, "Well, you know, August was a little slow, but we rolled out the update and but you you could always get that feeling, right? You could always get that feeling by joining like Crucible and being like, "Oh my god, it's taking forever to match with somebody." And then if there's like a big weekend like Iron Banner, it's like, "Okay, you're getting matched instantly because like we have enough players to put people into queues." Um, you know, when Destiny would do like when their raids, obviously way more complex would come out you could you could tell that the tower was just more lively um you could just literally look at your friends list and be like well a week ago there was six people on this week there are 45 people on like like this event has brought back people yeah that that, i mean that's really cool like uh not everyone is into shiny pokemon right not everyone is in competitive not everyone is into every event that every company does I don't know that these are the best events, uh, but people want Cinderace, that's for sure. Like people want Charizard. I'm sure when they eventually do Greninja, people will want to do Greninja. You know, I don't know if they put a B drill in one of these raids, if it's gonna be as, as popular. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not overly thrilled of the only way to get X Pokemon is that it's in a super hard raid weekend. Like I don't I don't know that I'm one hundred percent behind that philosophy, if that's the only thing they do for three years, I'm like, is this really You could trade for fun? it?
1: Yeah. After that you can trade with anybody who did the yeah. raids. So they'll be out yeah, there.
2: But I mean get those eggs. I don't I don't know if that is my ideal only distribution method, right? Like I think they're fun for now, but again the same thing happens in other online things, if the same sort of content comes out, it it gets diminishing returns. People are like, I don't I don't want to struggle on this one again. I will wait for somebody to trade it to me. So I I, I hope they shake up the formula up somewhat, that it's not always going to be a seven star raid, that maybe there'll be a multi weekend where it's, you know, there are like the Delibird thing where you know, it's one to five, and it, it's shaken up more than the only way to get this rare Pokemon is to do this incredibly difficult raid. Because I think that will a year in be like I I am worn out. Like it's kind of the same thing with the Pokemon <laughs> Go thing with raids. It's like I know I don't I I don't care anymore. I don't care that this is the only way to get Terrakion this weekend. I do not want to do this anymore.
0: I mean, in Sword and Shield, they had what, like three kind of raids. They had like the increased shiny ones, which which were hit and miss because if it was like a hundred percent Cramorant, but two percent of them could be shiny, it was like this is statistically harder than if it was like yeah. uh, the the Whale Lord, which is like in fifty percent of the raids, but to, uh, it, Like the math on that, I was always like, some of these are easier and harder, or. More, more or less luck base, I should say. Um, so they did the shiny raids in Sword and Shield. Then they they did the the Zeraora like raids where you couldn't catch Zeraora. Um, but they also did that with Zeraora, where if you stumbled upon the shiny Zeraora, which you could also not catch, that that Zeraora would be more difficult. Um, I would say Zeraora and Mewtwo were kind of the similar. Thing And the last one they ended with was Glastrier and Spectrier, which was, again, very similar. Um, and then they did do the thing that Greg just suggested, which was like, we're putting all the starters in raids, and this yeah. is the first time you can catch them in whatever. So they they did have, like, three different, like, systems. I guess Delibird and now these are, or, the, like, the Cinderace are, like, the two they've shown. They haven't shown the shiny one yet, which right. I'm I'm sure they will show. I'm sure that will happen, too. Like, right? I'm like... I I don't know though. Like we don't know the numbers, like Greg says. We don't know if if people did come back in right. Sword and. But I, I think part of the reason, maybe why people didn't come back, is because those were so poorly advertised. I don't think these are any yeah. better these advertised. Are not, these aren't these aren't great. I think the only either. reason they're working is because they started them right away. Right, yeah. like the shiny stuff didn't start until after New Year's of Sword and Shield, and then it kind of went away for a bit, and then it came back, and then like some months we got it, some months we didn't. You know Janine working on the calendar over the Pokemon Company. You know she's not consistent. She's not consistent, but she loves
2: everything on one weekend. Yeah, it's hard to say. Also, how much of how much of the influx are people who just finally got the game for Christmas? Like, I would just love to see the actual numbers to see was it this event? Was it because it it was the first event right after everybody got the game for Christmas? That's true. Could what, it could have been Christmas. What push? What? What does that look like? Like, I think that it'll be more telling the second time Cinderace is up to see if it matched what it was like the second time for Charizard. Because Charizard was before the holiday gift giving thing happened. So I I just the only reason why I want to see the numbers from the actual companies, because I'm just fascinated by what the actual return rate is. Because you got to imagine that it's pretty easy to put these up, right? Like, oh, yeah, they they just sub something in, and there's like little effort for big return. It's like, as a corporation concept, like that's a huge win to be like, well, just put one Pokemon in this existing thing, and we get all these people back. I'm curious what those numbers look like. I'm curious what that actually does for them. And I think overall, even if it peter's out i think it's a net win for them i think it does keep a big enough segment interested that they'll have a lot of life out of it i'm just again as a player i get bored of the same thing
0: pretty quickly now like if it's always going to be the same i'm like you know this is this is what i've always wanted in a pokemon game i've always wanted a game that gave you a reason to return back not only for myself but for like other people right like you know going back to an mmo like a world of warcraft or a final fantasy the reason why people stop playing it is because their community of friends stop playing it right like if you log like when when you know i would log into final fantasy 14 that was before greg was playing there was you know 20 different people on my friends list that i would play with consistently and then after a couple months it was 18 people and then it was 15 people and then it, you know, sometimes people came back and then they fell off. And then near the end of Final Fantasy 14, it was like literally like five people. And then Greg started playing and it was like, I, I, I just fell off. If a game doesn't have that, you, you, you get that fall off faster. So, like, having something to be having an event or events or updates to have people return back to, like, is like, I think really healthy for any kind of game, whether this is Pokemon or.
2: It's interesting because Final Fantasy, like they the uh, director of the game, because people were like, you know, the next patch doesn't come out for another. I want to say it's another month, right? Like they have another big raid thing, and he literally said in his address he's like, I know people are leaving the game because there's nothing new to do, and he said, and that's good. Please go do something else, play other games. Like don't feel that you owe us your repeated time right now. Like come back and do the new content. He's like it's perfectly healthy and we expect you all to leave for a while because we don't have new content. That's that's part of our business model. Like we understand this is how people play games. So I I think that's sort of a, a to me was a very refreshing take on a company being like we understand that while we are taking time to work on something, you may leave, and we hope to make something exciting to bring you back, but it doesn't cause pure chaos for us to know that you've left for a while and that our numbers go down like it's part of the pattern of long lasting games
1: sounds like they have a lot of confidence people will come back
2: well they are <laughs> they are very, very good, <laughs> like everybody is very eager for the next step in this story, so I don't think they have anything to worry about.
0: So the, by the time this podcast comes up, the uh, first round of Cinderace will be over. Um, and then the second round of Cinderace will come back January 13th through the 15th. Th- this is UTC time, by the way. We've, I think we said this last week, but like it'll, you know, Thursday night on January 13th at like 6 p.m. Central time. Uh, Cinderace should come back. Uh, Cinderace had a... The, I think the most shocking thing here is uh, Cinderace only had five moves, whereas Charizard had eight moves. Um, Cinderace has Pyro Ball. <laughs> Who would have guessed that one? What uh, surprise! It had High Jump Kick. I I did say for weeks I, I suspected it to have Iron Head, um, and it did. Uh, it had acrobatics, and then it had High Jump Kick and Bulk Up. So I, I don't necessarily think eight moves is is like harder. I I. I... Didn't really pay attention to this before with
2: Charizard, but is it that it has a pool of five moves and you get a random four? Or does it have access it's to all, all five? Yeah, all so six, okay. so
0: there are, there are six-star raids currently that have six moves. Okay. Uh, there are, uh, I've also... not been paying attention enough to, to
2: to notice.
0: Yeah, so there there are there are raids in the game, six and five stars, that have five to six moves. I think there's one six-star raid uh that has like three moves it's it's like uh it's like Claude sire or something where where it, like it only oh, no. has like three moves <laughs> so yeah it, it it's not necessarily more moves makes it harder or easier i i think with i i think that like sometimes when a gym leader has like two i think like larry i think larry has like two moves on one of his pokemon but yeah you right. know if if the ai is programmed to be like 60% of the time use this move 40% of the time to use this move or um it's much easier right like i think everyone's been in a wild pokemon battle where they like use spore and then the next turn they use spore and then the next turn they use spore and then it's like you, the ai is like, like <laughs> you don't like if you were a slightly smarter ai you would <laughs> you would maybe do something a little bit different and i think i think the thing that maybe threw people off i, I so some people you know every everyone's experience is going to be easy right like some people are like oh you know cinderace was easier oh uh charizard was 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 easier I don't think Charizard did anything to boost its stats. Uh, It had like Sunny Day, um, which by the time it put Sunny Day up, it actually, Sunny Day hurt its hurricane, which probably did the most damage to most people based off Fairy type and and Fire type. But Cinderace has access to Bulk Up, which is a really great move. Um, Bulk Up will increase your-
2: Did Charizard have Dragon Dance?
0: No. Which one did I have Dragon Dance? Oh boy, they're all blurring together. No Dragon Dance on Charizard. Bulk up increases your physical attack by one stage and your physical defense by one stage. Um, So there's ways around this, like taunting, but like Charizard or like a lot of six star raid bosses, uh, Cinderace goes first twice. Um, Charizard did this as well. Charizard would normally start with overheat, do major damage to somebody who could take fire damage, and then it would use its second turn to decrease or to clear its own stats. Cinderace would like bulk up right away in acrobatics and uh, pretty much do 50 to 60% to most, most Pokemon that were, were getting brought to the raid, and then it would continue to bulk up. So I, I built graphics, they're still out there, uh, and I, I relied on Chilling Water would, would decrease Cinderace's physical attack stat. Uh, so, you know, if it bulked up, you chilling water, you know, it's plus one chilling water brings it to negative one. It's back to zero. So ideally you could have one person in the raid, just spam chilling water the entire time. Uh, and it it is so beneficial to the entire team that, uh, that's all they can do. Right. And again, this reminds me of like a final fantasy or a destiny Mm -hmm. where like. You have one task this entire raid. As long as you keep doing your task, you help out everyone else. <laughs> I wish that people actually thing. did it. Yeah, um, and then uh, you know the, the other moves just you know do damage based on the bulk up. The I think I think also people uh, I, I saw a couple times where people were using Light Screen, uh, which we saw in Charizard. People were using Reflect, like. Just a misunderstanding of what these moves do. Um, uh, there, there, there were people that continued to bring physical Pokemon. While I don't think Cerulege is like a bad Pokemon, uh, Chilling Water just decreases Cinderace's physical attack. It still gets that physical defense boost, but it's very easy to ignore when you're using special attackers, right? You don't have to worry about that at all. But I think, I think that mechanic as simple as it is for probably people listening to the show because they're Pokemon fans, um, that mechanic <laughs> threw some people for a loop. Like, why, why is my Play Rough not doing that much damage? Well, Play Rough is a physical type move, and Cinderace is plus four physical defense yeah. right now. Like, so I, I still stand by like the top three. I tweeted this, um, you know, uh, would, be, would be Slowbro, Armor Rouge, and Pelipper. I think, I think those are really good choices. The 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 random connecting, I did do uh, like two random with just randoms just to see how that was. It was exactly how you expected it to be where one maybe, may, if you're lucky, one of the randoms were really trying hard and it was very respectable and the other two were just like, I'm going to bring Meowskarata, and it's like, (laughs) I understand that, you know, your Mascarada was your starter, and it's probably your strongest, but uh, it's grass, and that Pokemon in front of you still has uh, a fire-type move.
1: I did maybe 15 to 20 uh, of these with random people, and almost every single one, the majority of the people were bringing the Pokemon you recommended. The problem is that everyone was looking out for themselves, and not for the entire team. That especially with slowbro. Some advice got around to use iron defense.
0: Yes, that was the um <laughs> that was the the uh very popular YouTubers.
1: And when they are only doing that, that's a problem.
0: Yeah, I I never really experienced that in like um a, a Final Fantasy where well, that's not true. Um <laughs> well, hold on. Let's let's back this up a little bit. So it was it was always frustrating in Destiny where uh like people would, people would put so much effort into like, I'm, I'm, for this example, I'm going to use cheesing. It'll all come back around. People would put so much effort into doing it like a, a, a way that was not the way you were supposed to because quote unquote, it was easier. So a really good example of this was in Crota's um, End, which was the second ever Destiny raid. There was this bridge. And you needed you needed two people to stand on platforms and then one person would cross the bridge. There's six people in Destiny because otherwise the bridge would disappear. And so you had six people on one side and there's enemies on both sides and you had to slowly move people over one at a time. And then once enough people were on the other side, they would they would activate the bridge and bring the rest of the people over. So what it did is it ended up in a situation where five people were on one side, one person was on the other. So it was one person trying to fight off everyone and then eventually it was four and then two and then when you got to the end now the last person to go was in the disadvantage of like fighting off everyone as the rest of the team so it was like this you pretty much send your strongest person over first and then you send your strongest your your other strongest person over last right you want like the weaker people to go in the middle so when they get over there they have health right it's a, like i just explained the whole mechanic that's it that's the entire fight you 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 have two people step on a platform you move it over right most raid mechanics at their core are very simple. It's just like the execution of what you need to do on top of if one person dies, it kind of makes the whole thing fall apart. So like the most important part of a Destiny raid is staying alive. Hey, what's the <laughs> yep. most important part of these Pokemon raids? Also staying, staying alive. alive. What, what people would do for Crota's end, instead of doing what I just explained, which is very simple, stay alive, stand on some platforms, you know, if you need help, call for help. They would, they would climb on top of the unclimbable tower. They would like glitch their way on top of the tower and they would spend sometimes up to 20 minutes. They would be like, hold on, I've done this before with, with my cousin Joe. As soon as we get up this tower, it'll be okay. And then, so they climb up this tower, you're not supposed to climb up to. And then they sit up there with a sniper rifle and then they slowly knock out the enemies on the other side until it triggers like the fail safe. So the bridge just goes up by default and the And it was just like you have put so much effort into avoiding this mechanic because you you couldn't you you didn't know how to do it right? like like you've just and this would happen in a variety of destiny raids where where people would be like hey my 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 second cousin's wife's sister's dog showed me this strategy. Just give me the next forty five minutes so I can like glitch over here so we can safely do this instead of just like learning mechanics." And again, I don't know if I had that hardcore like memory in Final Fantasy where somebody was like, hey, let me just... Well, what's funny is
2: because of what used to happen is tanks would pull everything up to the, to the boss. So you, they would pull four rooms of mobs and expect everybody to try to kill them all at the same time, which would work for a high-end... Like, if you had the max gear, you could possibly do it. They changed now how they design dungeons that you can only go through two rooms and then there's a hard door. And until you clear out those two rooms, you can't go forward. They had to, they have physically changed how they design their content to stop people from doing these bizarre, huge pulls that would only work 10% of the time. The game developers are like, nope, you don't get to do that anymore. We're done. There's a door now or a bridge that has to fall and it won't fall until everything's dead. No more. We're done. Uh but it's also the same thing where a healer's like, I'm just gonna DPS because we'll kill it faster. It's like, yeah, but we also need to stay alive. Yeah. So if you could heal no, you're not gonna heal you're not gonna clear the doom counter over my head. You're just that's not a I'm just gonna <laughs> die in ten seconds. Oh cool, thanks.
0: So what Hannah said, there's there's this there's there's uh this new strat where um I actually I actually made this. If if you go watch my YouTube video, I, I suggested a stored power Bronzong build like two weeks ago. I was like, this is a possibility. And I specifically said in the YouTube video, like, you know, only do this with friends. It's a little more complicated. You know, I wouldn't recommend this Bronzong out of the five other Pokemon I, I recommended here. I was like, this is mostly for fun. Like if you've done some Cinderaces, maybe try this Bronzong build. It's like really fun and it'll work for you. There's a Slowbro build going out around right now, which is three Iron Defenses, which does make it very hard for Cinderace to kill you. Um, And then three Nasty Plots and then using the move Stored Power. And uh, in that YouTube video, I explained what Stored Power does. But Stored Power is a Psychic-type move. is base damage of 20. In relation to that, you know, a move like Psychic is base damage 90. Um, But Stored Power, every time you have a a status increase or a a stat increase, it does 20 more damage, right? So, like, um, Stored Power ends up doing a lot. Um, you can boost that by like an attack cheer Uh, you can boost that with like a helping hand you can boost that being on psychic terrain right Um, there's like a lot of ways to boost that but it results in the slow bro doing nothing for six turns and there's a high probability where cinderace can just go well your stats are cleared start over yeah so yep (laughs) this look somebody somebody could come into my my stream and they would be like hey bro uh, you know, I beat Cinderace with a Ferrothorn. I think Ferrothorn's really good, and it's like, yeah, man. I'm sure you know. One, Ferrothorn's <laughs> not even the game. Two, I'm sure yeah, you put Bright Powder on it, and he missed like five py- Pyro Balls, and you were able to defeat him. No one is doubting that, right? Like you could, like any Pokemon, realistically could work. Correct? Like you could use a Gardevoir. you could use a Gyarados. I'm sure you've beat the raid with those Pokemon, right? I am sure you did. There's just Better better Pokemon or more consistent, more reliable Pokemon that you can use. I think Slowbro, Pelipper, um, Armor Rouge is one of them. But I think my problem with the, the, the stored power Slowbro is if the Slowbro was doing Chilling Water, while it's not doing a lot of damage, it is keeping everyone else alive. And while Iron Defense is great for keeping you alive, you're also not helping the team in any way at all. You're just, I'm you, you, because once you're done with the three iron defenses, you're switching over to nasty plot. So there are six turns. You are not cheering. You are not healing. You are not decreasing Cinderace's special, like, uh, physical attack stat. It's just, like, a very selfish way to play. It, it, it reminds me a lot of Azumarill players, right? Like, when Azumarill belly drums play roughs and then dies, you know, it's not, sure, if it hits it, it's doing a lot of damage, but, like, they're never cheering. They're never healing themselves. And I think there are two ways to play, right? There is your solo way, which I think if you if you don't want to play with any friends, totally valid. If you don't wanna you if you don't wanna do online, totally valid. If you just wanna play with the NPCs, I think you should do the slow bro build. I think you should do the three iron defenses, the three nasty plots, and and do that. But it just it goes it goes back to remind me of the 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 bridge situation in Crota's end where people will Refuse to just learn mechanics to do it the easiest way ever. And again, like it's like I'll spend twenty minutes to climb this tower I'm not supposed to climb in order to like do it easier. Like oh, I'll spend six turns just hitting stat buttons and then hope that Cinderace doesn't clear it, and then I can hit the stored power button and then I'm done. Right?
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting that we are seeing a huge change for the community without a lot of explanation, right? Like you have a very solo game. You have a game that tells you to just power through buff yourself. Like these are all the things that work in the PVE content and they're putting out raid bosses that don't use any of the skills that they taught you over 40 hours of the game, right? Like you have to think about these things in a very different community way that just isn't in the game until you hit this content and it's fascinating to watch people struggle against that idea because it wasn't even in sword and shield sword and shield was turn-based uh and so you you know you all stated your turn and this is such a radical change on how to play these games That doesn't even really exist in one to five star content. Like you could, you can power through those, not a problem. And I think they have, the company has done itself somewhat of a disservice by not really talking about how you need to interact with other people during these raids. They've left it pretty much up to everybody else. Cause like that article was okay but not <laughs> great in the fact that it really didn't set the mindset other than the cheer section of you're there to, to help everybody in the raid succeed. And I think for people who have played a lot of MMOs who are play, even like unite where you're sort of used to having to support your team, that changeover is easier. But I think for the general, for a lot of the player base who have who maybe have never played those type of cooperation aspects of any game, I think we are just going to see a big struggle. And I worry that that is eventually going to be a turnoff of these things because they really need to step up their communication, I think around the community aspect of six and seven star rate more than they've done.
1: Yes. And I, this is why I'm not blaming people about on it. I am. Just after having done so many <laughs> so many random raids last night. Uh, but the most frustrating raid that I did was I went in there with my armor rouge and there were three other slowbro. And every single one of those three other slowbro was just defending themselves for the first few turns. There was no attacks hitting the Cinderace at all. I was getting pretty much knocked down to very low health every turn and was focused on healing myself because none of them were taking any damage but i was gonna die and i was gonna lose the raid for all of us and that's what ended up happening happening because they were not focused on helping anyone other than themselves (sighs) this is exactly the problem
0: too this is like (laughs) this is the it's not okay it's it's not even that azumarill is bad azumarill is a great pokemon Right? Like, it does a lot of damage. The problem, it's, it's literally the player who is playing Azumarill is the problem. It is, these slow, it is, the, it is what Hannah just said. If stored power, there, there is no if. If you do three iron defenses and three stored powers, you will do about 80% of Cinderace's HP. I've seen it happen. I mean, you could also do the same thing with Armor Rouge, which I've, I've proven time and time again last night that, like, Armor Rouge can do way more damage faster than Slowbro. It can. Like, like, the, there's no contest. But like, three slow bros do not need to be doing that. That's the thing. Is like, why are why are you guys all doing the same thing? It, it, and it goes back to Azumarill. You all don't need to belly drum, play rough. Like it, you just don't. Like only two, maybe two of you yeah. need to do that. Like I, if I, literally one of those slow bros stopped being selfish and just focused on hitting chilling water or defense cheer or heal. I'm sure that raid would have went smoothly.
2: Yeah. I, I also think the game is hampered by the lack of communication because everybody goes in there with their Pokemon and with their assigned way to play that. And you can't say, hey, everybody, we're all going to, if we all iron defense, we're not going to get it because there's no way to communicate that. And then once
0: you. You're saying if if I hit the D-pad, there's no like, please don't iron defense button that I can shoot.
1: But there's There's no time to do that.
2: But also, you don't, you can't stop the play style that you came in with, right? Like, there isn't yet a Pokemon raid knowledge of when to make appropriate choices. Like people who have raided in Final Fantasy 14 know when you see the cast bar, you have to stop healing and everybody's aware that healers are going to run. And so that you have to adjust your tactics for this window. And we don't have that yet. We don't have a community knowledge because they've just done not a great job of explaining what you need to do to succeed. They, they half butted it. They uh, need to go further. And I think, I think if anything else, what I would like to see more of from the content creators that make builds is is also things of like here's how you it here's how you read what's happening when there's no communication if people do this this is what you need to compensate for because people don't have a tribal knowledge in pokemon of how to do a raid yet how to do a four man something because even in dynamax adventures you could power through uh, it was still turn-based. I, I think one of the biggest issues that we are butting up against that causes these frustrations is people know my slow bro is supposed to do this. I can o- I only know how to do this. I don't know how to adapt. Nobody explained to me how to adapt. Nobody's told me if if these five things are falling, where do I go? I I don't yeah. know that. I was told I do six bulk ups and then hit it and I'll win. Nobody explained what should happen if I have other people doing that. What do I do now? And I think that is I think that is going to be a struggle for a while until people get used to this new dynamic in Pokemon.
0: And I think that's why none of my builds will ever recommend those kind of strategies. Right. You know when, when people are like why 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 aren't you recommending Azumarill or 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 Somebody was like, What about Salamance? Salamance resists high jump kick, it resists pyro ball. And I was like, Yeah, Salamance does resist all of that. But Salamance is a selfish Pokemon. There's nothing that Salamance learns that benefits the other three members. And if you look at my Slowbro build with like Chilling Water, that benefits everyone on the team. Psychic Terrain benefits all the other psychic Pokemon on the team. It would, it like literally would, like a slow, the Slowbro build I picked decreases Cinderace's attack. It increases anyone using other psychic attacks. Uh, it has possibility to damage. Chilling water can, or sorry, rain dance can make chilling water stronger. So if you have two chilling waters, or you, or like there's a non fire type, whatever, you know, like the the damage is decreased. Paliper is the same way. Armorage is the same way. There was there was a, a, an instance. Most of the time, I was slow bro, and I was I was chilling water, and I was healing. And I, 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 uh, every, every single turn, turn one, I, I set Psychic train, And then I, I normally healed after that because, obviously, Cinderace does two moves and does a bunch of damage. So, Psychic Terrain, heal, Chilling Water, heal. And there was only one time when I played Slowbro, the way I played it, that we lost. And somebody came in and they, they didn't say anything in chat. Totally cool, right? No big deal. And they were Armor Rouge. And they, they started off and they hit Expanding Force. And then they hit expanding force. And then they hit expanding force. And that's all I did, right? They just like, they just hit expanding force. Their name was Jonathan. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, call out now. And I was like, Jonathan, I know you're in my Twitch stream right now. That's the only way you joined. I was like, we are going to lose this raid. Like we have, we have like, you know how like the health bar, the health bar is like 50%, right? Shield is up. Health bar is 50%. Our little timer bar is at like 20%. I was like, Jonathan, if you can hear me right now, and you're using the Armor Rouge I recommended, because I don't know how, how else you got here, I was like, hit, at, like, if you have Acid Spray, hit it. Like, y- you are not the hero you are trying to be with just spamming Expanding Force. And then all of a sudden, Armor Rouge uses Acid Spray. And, like, my Twitch chat lost their mind. They're like, oh, my gosh, Jonathan! And I was like, all right, Jonathan, listen to me. Listen to me, Jonathan. I need you to acid spray again. And all of a sudden, Armor Rouge acid spray. And I was like, holy cow, Jonathan, we're going to win this. I believe in you. I need you to acid spray one more time, Jonathan. And then it was like acid spray. And I was like, holy cow. I was like, Jonathan, all you have to do now is hit expanding force. You just got to hit that button and we win. And then it was like, Cinderace has cleared its own stats. And uh, the... <laughs> we were close we were close like like yeah. it, it's also you you make the tools right sometimes people just still don't know how to use them right like like that acid spray is so good like chilling water is so good and it, it helps everyone yeah you know i'll continue to make graphics i'll continue to recommend yeah. pokemon that sh- would help that's why i recommend a grip snarl for charizard right like if you were joining random raids and everyone is Azumarilling. You can at least reflect, you can you can spirit like you can help keep those alive. Yeah. Slowbro using Iron Defense. He ain't he, he ain't keeping anyone alive. But I'm saying so, yeah, well, he's keeping I, himself I, alive. I, I,
2: I think people really honestly need to understand that the raids are a cooperative <laughs>
1: <laughs> They need thing. a tutorial for the raids as good as their original tutorials for catching Pokemon yeah. in the beginning of each game they need they need something as hand-holdy as that for yeah, the hard and, raids
2: you know there's a reason why everybody why the most played class in any mmos is, is the damage dealing class right like they're easier to play the choices are simple you get to do big numbers and it's fun there's a reason why nobody likes to tank and nobody likes to heal like because to heal. they're the most Important jobs sometimes, (laughs) but they're the most stressful jobs a lot of the time. You don't necessarily get to see the big the big things happen, right? Like you you have to be a person that enjoys supporting other people. And that is and you have to be a person that enjoys making more complex decisions. Like I love tanking, I don't like healing mainly because i have difficulty just keeping track of everybody's health and where i'm supposed to be on the ground like i i can't split my focus that much but i love being dancer which does damage and does support moves right like i love the combo thing i think there's just you know we're going to run into a lot of people who like being damage dealers i mean that is pokemon and i think we really are going to... I'm curious to see if the community can switch to a some of us are tanks, some of us are supporters, not everybody can be dealer's mindset, or if they will just walk away from these types of raids.
0: I mean, a lot of the times, last point here, a lot of the times is you only really need one damage dealer. Like, going back to the Slowbro thing, if if the Slowbro wants to do stored power, then you need three other people to support that. Where you don't need three people to all try to do the same thing when the result is well it, this was designed for just one Pokemon to do it. Um like like three Slow bros, one Armor Rouge. One Pelipper, two Slowbros, one Armor Rouge. Like I don't think that combination for me ever failed at all. Like it it's just because the Armor just the Armor Rouge is the one doing the most damage. The Slowbros are are net um reducing cinderace's attack as is the pelipper and there's a three different pokemon that can heal and keep the armor rouge alive and like
1: and for me when i went in to do all the raids with the randoms and i built an armor rouge that was the one of the three that i built i ended up being defense all the time because yeah, nobody else right. was doing it which is I actually yeah, swapped out acid your, spray your job. for clear smog because nobody else was doing anything that would help it deal less damage yeah,
0: yeah. I you know I never never had to taunt never had to clear smog because chilling water just was so great to, to cancel that it was just a good move to press <laughs> the same frustrate, like I said it's the same frustration I have with Destiny or any other raid games I, yep. obviously you know somebody's probably going to write on the YouTube of like well Destiny is much more complex of a game the at the at the end of the sure but that's sure. what an analogy is also like. What what do you need to do in this Destiny raid? You need six people to cross a bridge.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, it. They are. I I will never say that Final Fantasy fourteen dungeons aren't more complex, and you have to be more aware. But also, the things you do in those games are also more complex, and so it takes a very special person to be an excellent DPS, an excellent tank, and an excellent healer. Like that is a very specific person that can swap between all those jobs flawlessly. We are not asking for you to do that much. We are asking for you to simply understand you need to be one of those other roles, and we can point to more complex reasons that have very concrete things to show why that com- why that combo works. A tank two DPS and healers are an excellent combo for a reason. <laughs> like yeah. When you have specific roles and you know specifically what you're supposed to do, yeah. Can like there are dungeons you I you can do like Palace of the Dead is a thing where you can do with four healers. Sure can. Do you know how long that takes? Yeah. It takes forever. It just because it's possible
0: doesn't mean it's optimal. Yeah, and again, like if I saw an armourouge I would want to make sure I understand or should understand or you should understand that that armor is is the main damage dealer. So the anytime the armor rouge has to stop to heal itself, that is less damage that it's doing. Whereas like if I see a Grimmsnarl, I think, well, well, I hope that Grimmsnarl is going to be setting reflect. He's going to be healing. He's going to be fake. Like he's going to be support. That's another thing you have to learn of like, oh, this Pokemon is doing this. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, too long on this Uh, i like the cinderace raids a lot uh and when they come back if you need help and you want to play with other people i'll be doing the same thing i I like helping people get that thing done just like i helped i don't know why but I, i i had an obsession obsession with helping people clear destiny raids for the first time pokemon masters ex yeah uh there was an update on christmas You can now change your main character's appearance. New hair colors for the main character has been added. You can now change the style of the main character's hair and hat. Uh, Some hats cannot be worked with some hairstyles. Uh, It's not as deep as you are all probably thinking.
2: The hats are full cover up your head or a sun visor. And generally you go with the sun visor if you're going to change your hair because it's the only way you can see your hair. Uh, but you do have the option, and I support this for everybody, to either have bangs or no bangs. Mm. Choose your bang style. Generally, bangs are bad. But you might like how bangs look with your particular hairstyle. But yeah, I, I think people are expecting, like, I can change my eyes and I can... Ch-. No, it's it is literally your hair and you get two
0: choices of hat.
1: <laughs> you can change the eye color. There yeah. is that.
0: They added Dawn to the dating simulator part of the game. They did? Uh, there's also a holiday season gem special. Uh, so this is going until January 10th. Uh, you'll be able to get reduced gems at a uh, reduced... You, you get gems at a reduced price. I think the price is pretty okay. For yeah. a gotcha game. For a gacha game. Think these, for a Pokemon gacha game. I think these prices are very good if you are considering. I'm not I'm not suggesting it, but if you like to spend money, uh, I do think that this is probably the best deal in a while that they've done uh, for gacha. There's also like a contest uh, where you can like earn, you can like win like 60000 Yeah,
2: they got a bunch of New Year's contests going on. Um, the biggest thing they did, and I want to let people know, is they added in the feature where you can see teams people used successfully to defeat content. So there's a big thing of the legendary battles and you can now go in, look at what somebody used for their team to beat that content, copy that team if you have them, and then attempt that content on your own. So this is an example of a company putting a feature that had always existed outside of their game and was the was a huge subject of YouTube videos, and just putting it in their game simply. Watch somebody else do it, and in-game, hit the button, take their team, and try it yourself. A brilliant addition. It makes me actually want to try some of the harder content, because I know, oh, I don't actually have to go outside and do a bunch of useless research. I can actually look in-game and see what people were doing, and if I have those, cool, I'll try it. Also, you get to see, even if you don't want to do it, you get to watch somebody else do this content, which is cool. You get to see what happens and what the battle looks like. Oh, you just like a, see the
0: whole battle?
2: Yeah. You can watch the whole battle. You see what buttons they press? I haven't watched a, I haven't watched a full one yet. I sort of like just looked in and paused it. Oh, I, I like this team. I'll get back to it. But generally over on the side now, because they changed the display, it lists the moves as they come up. Oh, okay. So okay, can, okay. And they added, so they added it says the move and it says whether it's special or physical, but then it will show like the order. So you also kind of see what the turn order for speed is really a good, a really good way to add this in. Cause it, it's not for everything, but there's a lot, uh, they, the replay things has a bug in it right now that they have admitted <laughs> that sometimes when you want to replay, it just doesn't, it just doesn't go. So they're working that out. But they're, they are adding in so you can watch a lot of them and see how it went and then copy it. Um, the only thing that you're probably not going to get is what their sync grid build was that they used mm. because that's you can build sync grids out a bunch of different ways. But this edition I think is probably the biggest and best change they've made to that game in a while. It just really is a way to say to your community we want to help you do our harder content and this is one of the ways we're doing it and i as much as i give masters uh the raz for being a dating simulator now cuz it kind of is they had it done into the dating sim things like this really i think show that they are committed to making a better game and i i think i want to just applaud them for this cuz it's a big is a big thing
1: is it uh, accessible for the earlier story content too because I yeah. have a bunch of sync pairs. I go in and I log in and I get the uh free things and I get sync pairs, but I've never actually accomplished anything in that
2: game. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, Temple Masters. Yeah, some <laughs> of it like the storyline stuff is generally I don't think they put it for the normal cuz you can just overpower the normal. Like it, mm-hmm. normal stuff is set at a really low level. Um but for the higher harder content, I know it's it's there for like the legendary for the legendary raids, I know it's there for the champion Stadium. I think you have to have done the normal on your own to unlock Master mode and then it's in master mode, mm. but again the normal the normal difficulties if you've got three maxed pairs that match the uh weaknesses, you'll get through it just cool.
0: for the gem stuff, you just have to log in during this period, so just log yep. in before January seventh and then uh they're picking. 10 winners to win 60,000 gems, 50 winners for 12,000 gems, 7,000 winners for 6,000 gems, 9,000 winners for 3,000 gems, 10,000 winners for 1,000 gems, and 200,000 winners for 600 gems. And if you don't win anything, they'll give you uh, 300 gems. So that'll just appear in your little yeah package uh, if you won or not. You literally just have to log in. So You have to log in.
2: I am. I want to win the
0: big, the big thing is so badly. <laughs> um N N five star anniversary twenty twenty one and Reshram is has returned. He'll be here yep. until February. Uh Lily which Lily with Lunala Lily, which anniversary is Lunala. This? this is uh, the 2021 anniversary. Year's? Yeah. Uh she has returned until February. Gosh, there's there's a bunch of people that have returned. But those are probably the two big ones is is uh Lily and N people like those characters.
2: Yeah, and they're really good. Think there.
0: There's a bunch of characters. You should log in anyways. I think there's still a $3000 present until New Year's. 3000 gem. 3000
1: <laughs> <laughs> gem. You no, got 3000 $3, presents by logging in.
0: It's crazy. <laughs> uh okay. Final bit of news here is uh I'm I'm pulling this from Nintendo Life, but uh I mean, a bunch of people ran articles about this. Uh, there was a Japanese poll which uh asked people what their favorite pokemon were. Um from my understanding the poll was uh, uh they asked 117,000 people. Uh those people could only vote for one pokemon. Um and uh we have the poll. This is uh not an official pokemon one from my understanding. It was done through gamewith.jp. But hey, 117,000 people is a lot of people
2: that's a lot of people
0: uh so our number one to no surprise oh and that was trainers around japan they were asked between the 16th and the 23rd of december for the record uh number one with no surprise was tinkaton followed by claude sire and then number three uh we heard for years months that people wanted cats to stay on four legs, but the votes say differently. Two legged well, cat Miascarada in third place. People still wanted on four legs. Clearly, clearly didn't ruin the design, though. It was number three. Uh, Fuecoco, number four. Cerulege, number five. Tasaguri, number six. Sylveon, seven. Now you're probably like, what, Sylveon? They pulled all 400 Pokemon in the game. So, Sylveon being the. Number one, Not, Gen, nine, Pokemon. Slitherwing, number eight. That's the prehistoric Volcarona, which is a very good choice, honestly. Uh, Lucario, number nine. Gardevoir and Mimikyu tied for number 10. So far, I mean, with with the old Pokemon, there are like literally no surprises. There's no surprises. Coridon, number 12. That's actually interesting. We'll get back to that. Gengar, 13. Sprigatito, 14. Palmat, 15. I don't yeah. understand this pick. Umbreon, 16. Mousehold, 17. Miridon, 18. Palm Me, 19. Glaceon, 20. Dragapult, 21. No surprises there. Dragapult was incredibly popular. Garchomp, Hydreigon, Volcarona, Charizard, Luxray. Number 27, Iron Valiant. 28, Eevee. 29, Skelleridge. Quagsire, Pikachu, Quaquaval. Uh, ditto number 34 snom fido arcanine arcanine also always very popular um 37 glamora yeah i guess 38 fluttermane 39 scream tail 40 leafeon 41 azumarill to be fair azumarill is a popular pokemon uh 42 goomy altaria another tasaguri which i think is kind of unfair that yeah but whatever um 45, Ampharos, Dragonite, Zorua, Espeon, Zorark, and number 50 was Tyranitar. I am somewhat surprised that,
2: like, Jolteon, Vaporeon are in this list over Glaceon, Umbreon, Leafeon, right? Like... I I always sort of assumed that the Gen 1 EV evolutions always were really high, but... No,
0: no. Umbreon and Espeon are always really high. I knew, I knew those, but I, I always thought... Glaceon like, isn't
1: always... Yeah, Glaceon, Glaceon and not, Leafeon
0: being so high is weird, especially is higher weird. than Espeon, because it's always, like, Umbreon number two, Espeon number three.
2: And, like, Jolteon, Flareon, and Vaporeon aren't in this list at all. For good reason. They're not good. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I just... I always sort of assumed like the Gen winners would come out for those, and they didn't.
0: I mean, look the 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 Gengar people were there. They're the the Gengar people are secretly worse than the Charizard people. We've discussed uh, discussed this before. They're they're everywhere. Here's the here's the I think the most interesting thing on this is Coridon is significant. Not significant. Uh, Coridon is higher than Muridon. We know that we know based off pictures, which are very scientifical and data driven. That if you see a bunch of pictures of the Pokemon Center, there is a million Koridon plushes and there are no Miridon plushes. This is this is th- this was a, a very common theme. It was
1: one shelf.
0: Uh, th- <laughs> it was
1: one shelf. Th-
0: this is this is a very common theme with Zashin and Zamazenta. It was very easy to find Zamazenta plushes. Zashin plushes were always sold out. Um, if you look at any kind of polling, it was like uh violet was like uh, 60 to 70 percent over scarlet like violet was but just but if you
1: looked at polling specifically for koraidon and muraidon especially after the games came out Coridon was the favorite was the preferred one i mean clearly from this poll i'm feeling pretty good as someone who chose scarlet from the very beginning
0: <laughs> no what, what i am saying is i think the games coming out really showed that Coridon was the more interesting legend and I felt this way personally, like I picked Violet just because I like purple, right? That was my, that was my whole choice. Which one do you, I like purple. I'm going to pick the game that was purple. I never really felt a good connection with Miraidon. I thought he was cool. Like he's like a robot dragon. He's pretty all right. But like when I watched people's cutscenes for Koridon, I was like, man, why is Koridon way cooler? Like it just has more personality, even though they're like the same cutscenes. but like I feel like Coridon was just animated like better. I always wonder if it's
2: there's always a there's sort of a built-in gulf between anything that is clearly somewhat robotic. Like I think as humans, we tend to look at mechanical things through a very different lens and there's no way to get beyond the very mechanical, electric and slightly robotic feel of like the
0: whole iron area, <laughs> then you're very then,
1: biased against them, though. Yeah,
0: <laughs> biases <laughs> on this show never.
1: <laughs> I think that might be particularly true for you, Greg.
0: Look, I I prefer
2: Maridon over Crydon. I think I was I, I, I like my electric lizard better than I like than I like the derpy thing running around on his legs when it's got wheels. That's what I love. I know well, I don't
0: like it. I love I love that I I think I think a lot of people connected with Caradon more than people connected with Mirai. I think that, and the polling shows this. Like I wouldn't say Mirai'don like I wouldn't say Maridon was one of my favorites after playing, but if I but every time I watched somebody play Scarlet, I was like, man, Coridon's way cool. Like he's running on legs, he got this big old tongue hanging out of his mouth. Like he he seemed more whatever. Uh it's it's a poll, but I just thought that was interesting that Violet obviously sold more copies, but Coridon placed higher on this list. The other shocking thing is there's no Quaxley on this list at all. Um, Qu- Quack-, Quack Quaval made it to number 32, um, which, you know, some people don't like the design, some people do. But usually Starters yeah. are incredibly popular compared to their final evolution. Uh, and we Skeller Ridge is on the list. Miascarada's on the list, and then obviously Sprigatito and Fuecoco very high on the list. But yeah, there was no Quaxley at all. Claude Sire's great. He came in at number two. Uh, n- I mean, no complaints there. Number I loved one. my Claude Sire. Number one.
1: And number I, I wonder one. if
0: Claude Sire's up there so high, because I feel like Claude Sire was for a lot of people, an easy carry in a lot of gyms. Like, Claude Sire seemed to, like, just have the right typing and the right moves to, like, get through most gyms with no problem
2: it's a very good typing just in general like it it does a lot and it gets access to a lot
1: and you get it so early Mm -hmm. so it's easy for people to get it and it was kind of a a surprise because it was the new evolution for the regional variant of uber
0: yeah uh for paradox pokemon um the only one in the no there was a couple in the past so we have slither wings uh slither wing sorry And then there was Fluttermane and Screamtail. So those were all from Scarlet. And then the only future one was Iron Valiant, which, you know, makes sense. People like Gardevoir Glade. Shocking that there's no um, Roaring Moon. And there's no Salamance on this list at all. Like, Salamance is an incredibly popular Pokemon. They they were the only, one of the only pseudo-legendaries that didn't make top 50. And I thought, you know, when I looked at all the Paradox... I was like, oh, like Roaring Moon is going to be the number 1 for everyone and it, it's 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 not, I guess. I, I think Screamtail's great. Um I don't mm-hmm. love Fluttermane. I I mm-hmm. never liked Mistrevus or Miss Magius. They Fluttermanes is just like bigger necklace, like put put that March Simpson necklace on. on
1: <laughs> it bothers me how much longer one of its eyebrows is than the other. I know I that they do this with other Pokémon, but one of them is so much longer than the other.
0: I don't think I've noticed that.
1: Well, you'll notice it now.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, now I will. Um <laughs> I don't get the appeal of Glamora. I think it's cool, but not like
2: The thing is is when it's in its, I don't get the appeal when it's closed up form, when it's in its flower form, I absolutely understand the mm-hmm.
1: appeal. Mhm. When but, it's on the walls and caves. Yeah.
2: But I think when, when they ever put it in lists, it's like this weird torpedo thing. And I'm like, <laughs> that, is, that is not the version you should be using. <laughs> because it's so much better in its
0: open flower form. Uh, apparently, Pokemon fans like swords. Because uh, Zacian, number one. But also, uh, well, not on this list. But you know how people love Zacian. Cerulege being number five here. And Armor Rouge not in the top 50 at all. I, I liked Armor Rouge more. No, Surrealage is so much better, so cooler. Uh, Tassaguri, uh, Tassaguri is great. I think people just like the the concept of like it's a sushi Pokemon. What more do you yeah, want? Yeah, it's a like, sushi dragon. It's awesome. Um, Mousehold being on here also not surprising. Yeah, I I mean like we we go through each one, but it's a pretty it's a pretty interesting list. I would like to you know maybe revisit a uh, uh, top fifty Pokemon in a couple months to see what has changed or, you know, sometimes yeah. it takes a while for people to connect with specific I'm mods. waiting
2: for the online checker, I haven't checked back, to add all the Gen 9s so I can redo my top 10 by making where you click through and say, I pick these five out of this list. And Do you I think Tinkaton is that two. high for you, Greg? Oh, Tinkaton has replaced, definitely uh, has kicked a couple things out of the out of the running, for sure, out of my top 10. I honestly think um, like Empoleon is on the edge now. Like, I have to strongly think if Empoleon falls out of the top ten because Tinkaton exists.
1: I would like Tinkaton more if I didn't love Corviknight. That's the problem for Ah, me. I love Corviknight. If
2: if Corviknight wasn't an invasive species, we wouldn't have this issue (laughs) now, would we?
0: Corviknight's good for raids, by the way. Wait, I, this the, we'll, we'll end or we'll start 2023 with an important question. I want to know your guys' favorite paradox Pokemon from Scarlet and your favorite paradox Pokemon from Violet. Tough.
1: No, not tough. <laughs> <laughs> they they match up with the list for me. I like and I and I don't have their names yet because I haven't been interacting with them as much in game. But uh, Slither tail what's that one slitherwing slitherwing and iron valiant the two that are the top for each of them on that list those are my favorites
2: i really like roaring moon a lot um i hate sandy shocks (gasps) with a burning passion have you seen him move though have you seen him walk i have it's awful i hate every aspect of it i hate what um i mean that's not surprising you don't like Magnemite. i don't like Magnemite, and they made it worse
0: um they gave I, him fur, Greg. They gave the
2: robot fur. They, they didn't. They gave it magnetic sand and called it fur. <laughs> it's awful. It's awful. So I really, I really think Roaring Moon's a great design. I do too. Um, for the future ones, I, I, I do really like uh, Iron Valiant. I think Iron Valiant's cute, but I am, I honestly sort of lean more towards Iron Jungleus. I think. I think that take on Hydreigon is really good. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Iron Bundle. Gra- I, it's it's fine, but it doesn't sing to me.
0: He Not only is Iron Bundle the best Violet Paradox Mon, he has the best name. Iron, <laughs> Iron
1: Bundle. He's so no.
0: good. I think what no. sells me on Iron Bundle is his feet are little skis. <laughs> They're really great. It's, no, I can't. It's
2: pretty can't. well
1: designed. It's
2: it it here's the thing, is it's a good design, but I, I don't particularly like the Delibird design. Again, I'm not a Gen 2 fan. So like seeing a slightly weirder version of it just does
0: not do anything for me. Um Iron Hands is okay. I'm just not a Hariyama fan, so Iron Hands no, didn't do anything for me. I, I do
2: think Iron Moth is a is a good design. And I think Iron Thorns is a good Mecha Godzilla design. Like, I can appreciate, like, the kaiju aspects of them when they make Mecha versions of the kaiju. Like, I like those. I think they're good. Um, The thing I have a problem with some of the ancient Pokemon is they don't feel particularly primal enough for me. Like... Which ones? I, I, I don't feel... I feel... I like Scream Tail feels like '80s mall more than ancient civilization to me. Uh, Brute Bonnet feels Hot Topic bad hair to me than Primal Jungle to me. I think Fluttermane's pretty good. I think Slitherwing is really good. Sandy Shocks is terrible. I think Roaring Moon feels really Primal to me. I think Great Tusk feels very Primal, kind of along the lines of the swine line. I just feel like Scream Tail and Brute Bonnet are way too my past '80s, '70s weird <laughs> design than ancient civilizationy design.
0: I think the 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 weird thing here, and obviously this is intentional, um, is all the future Pokemon are iron. Yeah, and then all the past Pokemon, like nothing repeats itself: Sandy, Brute, Great, Scream, Flutter, Slither, Roaring. Um and then all the the iron Pokemon, at least from my perspective, is they, they look like current Pokemon. Like they just look like robotic versions. Uh, like I I like I think the Hydreigon one doesn't really actually look that different. Um it just looks more robotic, at least with like the I, I guess the same for Tyranitar. At least the the Gardevoir one is like Gardevoir and Gallade mixed together. But yeah. the, the old ones, like like even like I think I don't know why they did this. I don't know why like Volcarona and Donphan got like double dipping treatment. But like Iron Moth looks like a Volcarona and Slitherwings kind of does, like it does, but like not. No, it does. It does, but like it's it it You
1: can tell they're related, but it's not the same Pokémon.
0: Right, it's not like a moth. Like it it's not like v- v- <laughs> It's it's literally uh, the moth on its gr- on the ground. It's just
1: walking. <laughs> it's not though. It has like a, it has like a
0: thick dinosaur tail too. Like yeah. Volcarona and Iron Moth don't have like this huge green thick tail coming out of it. Like it doesn't have a tail at all cuz it's a moth. It's just like the 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 the, the old Pokemon like like Amungus or Brute Bonnet. Like it literally has a beak whereas like Amungus doesn't have a beak. Um, It's like really kind of like none of this is bad, by the way. It's just like it it, with the names and the designs. It's like the paradox past Pokemon are more stark uh, and the future Pokemon are just like, yep, this is a robotic deli bird. This is a robotic. They
2: made a very interesting dystopian choice for future. Mm -hmm. Um, And like it's an it is definitely an interesting design decision because they did do very, a very dystopian artificial feel kind of, kind of it, it it sort of feeds into this sort of weird, like dire warning of where we're going without it being really in your face. But they did do a very sort of natural things don't survive in the future. And it's, it's a very dystopian take and you either like that take or, or you don't. And like, there is a and a lot of people are like, you wouldn't name everything iron. And I think that for me, that feeds into the dystopian homogeny that is part of a lot of uh sort of dire warning future anime, dire warning future storylines, like unless we take action now, we are going towards a less diverse, more artificial society. And I think they really took that trope to heart here which is why the names don't bother me. Um I I hope in the DLC they will explore that design choice more because again I agree that the names in the past are more interesting, but also whenever we we tend to romanticize the past and we all have this big dinosaur kick, right? Like we're fascinated by the big lizards and we give them wild names and we pretend that they all look like lizards When in reality, they all had fur and we have no idea what they actually look like, right? Like, we're guessing right now based off of bones and we're not good at drawing what they look like. But there, there is a, in the design choices, there is a romanticized savagery of the past that doesn't necessarily match up. Like, these are all really savage looking things. And there's a very clear, deliberate design choice for the future of a very sanitized, homogenous thing. And I think looking at them both, I think they were really b- big, strong design choices. Um, but things like like, let's make a savage screamtail, uh, Jigglypuff, I, I don't think that works as well as let's make a more savage-looking Volcarona and a slithering. Like,
0: yeah, there's no, there's no doubt there was, like, a lot of thought going in. Right. Oh, um, yeah. And I think maybe the future stuff seems really sterile on purpose. That's why they all have the, yeah. the same names. Yeah. And the, At- the past stuff also sees, seems on purpose because, like, Miss uh Jigglypuff, and Magneton, those are not the final forms. They, all three of those evolve, but they all evolve with stones. So right. they're, they're probably, they're stating like, oh, those stones weren't around and that, that, that's why it's a Jigglypuff and not a Wigglytuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They made some very interesting, like, if you really just think about what they're trying to say without them saying it, like, both future and past have very interesting stories. Um, particularly since most of the, uh, most of the future, even though they're called Iron, aren't
0: Steel type. Only one of them are steel, and it's it's, yeah, only one of them is steel. And so
2: it's it. There's there is so much to sort of unpack in in these designs and namings that I really hope DLC allows us to explore what they what their vision was of the future and the past.
1: Well, we know that the DLC is bringing at least some more story because there have been hints saying that they clearly know that there hasn't been an explanation for how the books were in that point in time. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Or how.
2: Yeah, I'm very curious about it. Um, Yeah. I I think both sets, when you sort of look at them as sets and the choices they make tell really tell a really
0: interesting story. A story that is not going back to Kalos.
2: (laughs) No. Oh, well, maybe ancient callus?
0: I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's our episode. Thank you for listening. We made it through. Again, if you if you need help with with Cinderace, obviously by the time this podcast goes up, it'll be gone, but it'll be another weekend. What was that? The the 15th? Something like that. The 15th. Yeah. 12th, 13th, 14th and 15th. Um uh i'll be around on on twitch to to help out um and i'll continue making graphics uh you know I, I plan to make another raid video of other mons that could help you i think you know people like using their favorite mons and uh i, I hannah used the word competitive earlier i don't know if i would consider them like competitive, strategic strategic yeah i was gonna say i don't know what another better word is because like you build these raid mons totally different than you build a competitive mon. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I think this stuff is really fun. I'm really liking Scarlet and Violet. I am uh, very excited to see what else comes. But uh, this is the end of the episode, so thank you, Greg. Thank you, Hannah. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, I don't think we've... What, what, is our, what is our question for you two? What, what should they comment?
2: I mean, obviously we want to know what their favorite Paradox Pokémon are, right? Yeah. Okay. That. Okay. Like, so we want, I want. I like. I want to know which. What. Like. We saw the official list from Japan, but we don't know your
0: official list. That's true. But we'll keep it simple. So, uh, favorite future form, favorite past form on the YouTube. Yep. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, if you want to leave us a review, that would be great. Um. And yeah, we will be back next week. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super effective.
1: Not bringing Iron Defense Slowbro to team cinderace raids super effective
2: (laughs) but a youtuber told me to do it
1: no
0: This podcast is brought to you by Patreon. If you would like to support our show and what we do here, you can head over to patreon.com PKMNCAST. A huge shout out to our producers who support our show, starting with Jessica, Kay, Matthew, Sean, Stephen, Anthony, Brian, Gray, Josh, Casey, Catherine, Bovine, Nate, Ryan, and Stuart. And a huge shout out to our executive producers of Brady and Spencer. Thank you so much for supporting our show. We'll be back next week. If you too would like to support our show, you can head over to patreon.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. And we will see you guys next time.